Welcome to this edition of Verse by Verse, and today we're going to start a brand new week as we study the Word of God, and today we're going to continue our study in the book of Leviticus. We're going to be looking at chapters 18 through 20. Now, I'm not going to read every single verse uh, in those three chapters. We'd be here all afternoon if I was to comment on every single verse, but I am going to help you today. I'm going to help me and um, I put as the title, as you can see here, a much-needed moral compass. And I, I, I did something that I've never done before um, with uh, my, my podcast. I've been doing this program now for almost eight years. And even during the days when I did Facebook video, I... I never had any illustrations or object lessons today I've got one and this is one of the days when I really wish it was video so you could see what I have here I have now some of you older people listening to me will know what I'm talking about I have a compass and I want to demonstrate how this works I'm sitting in my office and as the Lord would have it the way this is positioned my desk and everything in this room is positioned it's facing north so what I want to do I want to just look at this compass now this is a braille tactical compass for those of you new to the podcast I'm totally blind I use braille I use tactical devices so on and so forth well back in the day in the 70s 80s you know they had these braille compasses and they're tactile and what you had to do was aim it in the direction you were facing and let it go for about a second and then open it up and then you could feel inside and so I have here and it there's a needle and this needle is pointed and if you don't pay attention it feels like it's absolutely directly north but I can tell by the dial that the needle is just I mean just a smidget to the right of that uh, dot on the true north it's just I mean you can't you can barely feel it's just to the right I mean it's so close <laughs> but yet so far if you want to talk about true north okay why did I do all that why why did I spend okay why, why did I spend a minute of your time today talking and demonstrating the compass now those of you that have iPhones you've got a you've got an app on there called compass it's in your extras folder actually I believe that's where it is and you can go in there and it's digital so you may not understand what I mean by a needle and all that I think it has a I think there is a way that you can look at the uh, analog version of it but anyway that that's kind of how that worked alright I did all of that because I want to show you today God's moral compass if we have ever needed a moral compass I mean if we've ever needed you know in a compass your needle is always pointing north what is reflected on the dial when you open it up you know and look at it what's reflected uh, in relation to the dial is where what direction you're going in okay so if you're going as I said a little bit northwest north northwest then you know the needle is just to the right of that uh, dot okay in other words, it's describing your relation to the needle. Or, let me say it like this, it's, it shows on a dial your relationship 
to the true north. Okay? Now, the Bible is our moral compass. Let me begin today by reading a verse of Scripture. Don't turn there. You don't have to. You can if you want to. Psalm 24, verse 1. Now, this is what the Bible says. All right? And so often as I do this podcast, you will hear me say, the Bible says, the Bible says. Not Joe says, Joe says. Okay? I don't give a hoot about what Joe thinks. I really don't. Okay? I, you know, I... My, my name is Joe, by the way, and I, I don't care what I think, okay? What I think is not important. The Bible says. I want to know what the Bible says. That's what I would do verse by verse. So here's what the Bible says in Psalm 24, 1. It's a Psalm of David, and it says, quoting, The earth is the Lord's. Okay, it doesn't belong to the UN. It doesn't belong to the President of the United States, whoever he may be at the time. It doesn't belong to any international organization. The Bible declares the earth, you know, the, you know, the planet, okay? The earth is the Lord's. Notice what else it says. And the fullness thereof. That's everything on the earth. Now, wait a minute. Are you through? No. Let's read on. The world, and, and now notice, and they that dwell therein. Let me read this again. Get it in your thinking. Okay? The Bible makes a declaration. It says, The earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof, the world and they that dwell therein. In other words, the implication is, not only does the earth belong to the Lord, but the people on it. You say, wait a minute now. I don't even believe in God. That's beside the point. Okay? Now, I'm going to say something in love right now, okay? For those of you that are listening and you may be thinking, I don't believe in God. I don't believe in the God of this Bible that he talks about every day. That's beside the point. It doesn't matter whether you believe it or not, okay? Now, see, that's the first question I have. Do you believe the Bible, okay? If you do not believe that the Bible is our moral compass... If you use something else, if you use someone else's philosophy, then frankly, there's nothing else for me to say to you. Okay? I have nothing else to say to you. Because if you don't believe that the Bible, the Word of God, is true north, that the needle is always pointing north, and you want to find your own true north, then guess what? you're going to be in a bad state because God has made some statements about behavior that if we don't live and act a certain way, negative consequences are going to result. Let me share with you what the Bible says in Leviticus 18. And let me explain something to you about the context. The context is this. Israel at one time dwelt in the land of Egypt. If you're with us as we study the book of Exodus, you know that God brought them out of Egypt and he brought them into a new land that they would inherit. Now, they're not quite there yet. They haven't crossed over Jordan yet into that new land. At the time Israel left Egypt, there, were a, there was a group of people called the Canaanites that dwelt in the land that God decided he was going to give Israel. 
These people were wicked. These people did abominable things. And God in his sovereignty made a decision. I am going to, for lack of a better word, I am going to, and the word escapes me, you know, when you have a rental property and you you have a tenant just won't pay their rent or they're not acting right, there's a word. I can't, for the life of me, I can't think of the word right now. Well, God's going to do that to them, whatever that word is. I can't think of the word right now. I'm, I'm thinking, ex- no, okay, not excommunicate. That's in the ecclesiastical thing. Okay, there's a word. I can't think of the name. Of, I can't think of the word to save my life right now. Goodness gracious. Uh, anyway, that's what he's going to do. Okay, my son had some some rental property one time, and you know the people were delinquent in their rent habitually. It was like every month he would have to go and you know and charge a late fee. And for a while he was content to do that. He's like, I'm just collecting the late fee. You know, give me some more money. I you know buy ice cream or whatever, you know, whatever. And then finally he's getting, okay. This is ridiculous. And so uh, you know he he put them out of their house right because. You know, they weren't acting right because it was his. I read you Psalm 24, verse 1, because, evict, that's the word. I knew I'd come up with it eventually, evict. Evict is the word. And I read you Psalm 24, verse 1, because I want you to understand the earth and the people on it belong to God, whether you believe it or accept it or not. That's beside the point. The point is God owns everything. And he has the right to move people around as he sees fit. You say, well, that's not fair. Okay, you're talking to the wrong guy. Take that up with him. If you've got a problem with that, then talk to him about it. Don't talk to me. He's the one who made the statement in Psalm 24, not me. Okay, I don't know what to tell you. All right, really. So just, you know, go with it. Talk to God about it. Now, the Canaanites, as we were saying, they were involved in these abominable behaviors and they did a lot of things. We'll talk about some of that here in just a few minutes. And so God is telling Israel, this is the way that godly people are to act. Because now, let me make another distinction before we get into this. There are several of these ordinances in Exodus, Leviticus, Deuteronomy, etc., etc., Old Testament, that Israel had to obey in order to sacrifice for sin and all of that. All of that were types of the Messiah who would eventually come, the Lord Jesus Christ. Make no mistake about it. If you are Jewish and if you're listening to my podcast right now, I want to say something very clear. Jesus is your Messiah. He's the one you've been searching for. He came 2,000 years ago. He fulfilled everything the Old Testament said that a Messiah should fulfill. And he died for you on the cross. He wants to save you. He was buried. He rose again the third day. He is the Messiah. Don't fall for a false Messiah. And for those of us who are non-Jews, that includes me. I'm a Gentile. If you're not Jewish, you're Gentile. Let's just leave it at that. Let's not make it complicated. He died for us as well. And I trusted him as my personal savior 40 years ago. And you can trust him now, today, if you haven't already. And I would urge you to do that. Yes, there are some Old Testament laws that you know Israel had to obey because they had to do sacrifices and all that. We don't have to do all that because, guess what? Christ has already fulfilled that. But there's another set of laws. We call them the moral laws 
that apply to everyone, Jew and or Gentile. Why? Because the fact is, there are behaviors that we can get involved in that will harm us as human beings if we engage in those behaviors. And God says that certain behaviors are wrong. Once again, I would urge you to consider that if you have a problem with me saying that, then what you need to do is take it up with the landlord. Don't take it up with me. I, you know, I don't own the earth. I don't own everything on the earth. He does. Take it up with him, okay? For the Lord, uh, verse 1 of, uh, of Leviticus 18, And the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, Speak unto the children of Israel, and say unto them, I am the Lord, not I used to be, not I'm going to be, I am the Lord your God. Okay? Now, if you are saved, if you know Christ as your Savior, He is the Lord your God. If you are not saved, He wants to become your Lord. He loves you. He wants to. But this is how we're supposed to behave as believers. He says, After the doings of the land of Egypt, wherein ye dwelt, shall ye not do and after the doings of the land of Canaan, that's where they're going to, whither I bring you shall ye not do, neither shall ye what? Walk in their ordinances, or a better way to say it is walk in their ways. There's some things we're not supposed to do. That's what he's trying to say, okay? He says, okay, so there's some things you shall not do, but then there's some things we are to do. Verse 4 Ye shall do my judgments and keep mine ordinances. How? To walk therein. This is how we're supposed to live. He says once again, I am the Lord your God. Pastor Joe, why do we have to behave in the way God says? To put it very simply, and I'm not trying to be a smart aleck. I'm really not, okay? To put it simply, because he said so. I mean, that's all you need to know. Okay, that's all. Look, we're prone to ask why. And that's not always a bad thing. Why this, why that? And that's not always bad. But, you know, if you want to ask a simple question why, I can give you a simple answer. Because God said so. Because God created everything. Okay, it really is as simple as this. Genesis 1.1 In the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. Now, do you believe that? Now, that's a yes or no question. Are you sitting down? That is yes or no. No, I'm standing up. Okay, that's a no. Yes, I'm sitting down. You're, you can't sit down and stand up at the same time. Okay? You either believe the Bible or you do not believe it. It's that simple. And God says, do these things because I say so. Okay, And if you are saved, then we don't do these things. We don't do these behaviors because, well, let's see, I need to try to, you know, uh, make God happy today. It's, it, it's only, uh, my goodness, as I look at my clock, it's only 1047 a.m. And have I done enough to make God happy? No, that's, that's not the issue. We are to behave in the manner in which God tells us to behave because we love him. Okay. You can choose 
to disobey the things we're going to talk about here today. You have the freedom to choose. But just understand, if you decide to go against what God has said because you want to do what you want to do, you are more than welcome to do that. But just understand, there are consequences, okay? And here is the illustration I used to use, and I wish here again this was video, but, you know, I've got a key here, and sitting on my desk is a tower. It's, it's really one of the surge protectors. And, you know, I have the complete freedom to, you know, take the key and stick it in one of these plugs over here. I can do that. Nothing can stop me. If I so desire, I can do that. Okay? But just understand, if I do that, then there are going to be negative consequences, primarily. I will be sitting here in my chair or probably laying in the floor French fried, and my wife will come here and find a microphone attached to my chest, and it will probably be French fried as well because I chose to stick a key in the plug. I'm not to do that. There are consequences, electrocution as a result. There are moral behaviors that if you get involved in, you will die. You'll get sick and die. When when Mr. Siegel, Pastor Dwayne, he teaches on verse by verse sometimes. And he, when uh, uh, now he's pastoring and he puts his messages up on verse by verse, which is great. He pastors Providence Baptist Church. But he would stand and, and, and he would tell the students at our school, Temple Christian School, kids, there are thousands of sexually transmitted diseases out there. AIDS is not the only one, okay? There are literally thousands of them. And if you misbehave morally, you will get sick and you could possibly, and if you do it enough, probably you will die. Okay? Now, I'm going to summarize a lot of this because this is very explicit, okay? Leviticus 18 and Leviticus 20 are very explicit. I am not here to gross you out. I am not here to... Uh, you know, I am aware that I am speaking to both men and women. And so, you know, I'm going to be cognizant of my audience as I go through this. But in verses 6 through 19, God lays down ordinances we are not to have sexual relations with. And he mentions a number of people, specifically relatives. Okay, one of the things the Canaanites were guilty of they were having sex with each other and their families. I mean, fathers were having sex with their daughters-in-law. Uh, men were having sex with their father's wives, their stepmothers. I mean, it just the list goes on and on. They were doing all sorts of things. And God says that is across the boundary. That is wrong. You cannot do that. Um... Let's see. I do want to highlight. Now, the first 19 verses of this chapter deal with normal sexual relations, but with the wrong people. Okay? And, however, he makes a turn in verse 20, and he says the following. Moreover, thou shalt not lie carnally. Okay, that's another verse. With thy neighbor's wife. He speaks of adultery there. Okay? to defile thyself with her. That, that's adultery, all right? 
uh, where's the one I want to make here? The uh, okay, he throws something in in verse 21 that's interesting that the Canaanites were doing that he cautions Israel not to do. Let me read verse 21 because this is interesting because you wouldn't think this would be a part of sexual relations, but it is actually. When he goes through all of these thou shalt nots, thou shalt nots with sexual relations, have sex with this person, with that person, blah, blah, blah. Then he makes a turn in verse 21. He says the following. Thou shalt not let any of thy seed, meaning your, you know, your, your, those who are born as a result of these relationships, thy seed pass through the fire to Molech, neither shalt thou profane the name of thy God. Okay. Then he says, I am the Lord. All right, Molech was a false god of that day. And what the Canaanites would do, this is the way they would do it. The, the, the tradition in, in Canaan was they would make an idol. And they would make it in such a way that the arms were outstretched. I, this is not video. I can't show you what this is today, okay? But just imagine this, this bronze or you know metal idol that they would make, arms sticking out. And what they would do, they would heat this idol to a very high temperature. And if a woman did not want her baby for some reason, or if she wanted to sacrifice her baby to to this false god, what she would do is she would take that baby and lay it in the arms of that heated idol. And it is said by historians that the music at these so-called ceremonies was so loud it had to be to drown out the screams and the cries of the babies. You say, why are you being so graphic? Because I'm saying that because as a result of the sexual relations that people were involved in, because it felt good and they wanted to do it, and as a result, children were born. If you didn't want the children, all you had to do was offer it to the false god Molech, and that's exactly what they did. And God is saying very specifically, you are not to do that. Now, let me say this in love, okay? I'm going to get into an issue here, but it's it's something that pastors need to speak to. We have a very similar problem today. You say, wait a minute, pastor. I don't see any idols around in ceremonies where people are heating idols to high temperatures and putting babies in the arms of burning idols. No, you don't see that. But what you do see is instances where pregnancies occur and you know a woman decides well you know it's inconvenient for me to be pregnant I don't want to be because I have a career I want to do this I want to do that I don't want to be interrupted by a child and so I'm going to go down to the doctor's office and have the child killed that's what abortion is the killing of an unborn child now some of you are going to turn me off right about now because okay I've stepped over into politics. No, this is not political. This is biblical. Okay. This is not a political issue. It is a biblical issue. God says don't do it. God says human life is sacred. Psalm 139. Go read it. You know when you were created in the womb, God knew you. Psalm 139. Make a note of that. Go back and read it. Okay, we have that problem today, my friend. People are doing that, and as one of the negative consequences of that, there are lots of negative consequences. Okay, not the least of which we've killed off an entire generation or two now after 50 some years of this. 
And I, I'm not naive, okay? I, I know better, all right? I'm not trying to say that, oh, okay, abortion started after, you know, Roe v. Wade in uh, 1973. I know better than that, okay? They were doing abortions long before 1973. And I know what some of you are saying now, but Pastor Joe, don't you know they overturned Roe v. Wade last year? Yeah, they did, but they didn't say abortion was illegal. They just sent it back to the states so that everybody could decide what they wanted to do with it. In other words, they compromised. We still have the problem today. That's the point. Okay. So we do have a modern sacrificing to maybe not the false god of Molech, but you've got the false god of money. You know, there's a lot of money in the abortion industry. Do your research. The abortion industry is a billion-dollar industry. And if they weren't making any money at it, they wouldn't be promoting it, I promise you. They really wouldn't. I've heard interviews from former nurses who performed abortions, and they said there is a lot of money to be made by getting involved in this as a doctor, a nurse, whatever. There's a lot of money to be made. What does the Bible say? Not what Joe says. What does the Bible say about money? It says the love of money. Not money, but the love of money is the root of all evil. Okay? Now, let's continue because God says some other things that we're not supposed to do as well. Why? Because he's God. He created human beings. So I think if he created human beings, he knows something about us. Right? Don't you agree with that? Uh, you know, that... This computer that I've got here in front of me that I work with every day, if I have a problem with it, what am I going to do? I'm going to go to the owner's manual and look it up and say, okay, how can I solve this problem, right? So when there's a problem with human beings, what do we do? We go to the Bible and say, wow, since God created us, maybe he, sh you know, maybe he knows something about us. He sure does. So God tells us there are some areas that we don't want to get involved in because they're negative. They will harm us. Okay, verse 22. Thou shalt not lie with mankind as with womankind. It is abomination. Now, that's what homosexuality is. You say, but Pastor Joe, the Supreme Court legalized same-sex marriage. Okay, here again, every day when I started my classes, when I taught school, on the first day, every day, I told the students, every day, uh, well, every time I started a class, every first day, I would make the following statement, something like this. I would say, students, if you have a Bible laying on the desk here, if you have a document laying beside the Bible, and if there is a disagreement, in other words, the Bible says one thing and the document says something else, then you go to the Bible. It is right always. So now we have two documents laying here on the desk. We have a Bible and we have a Supreme Court decision laying next to it several legal pages of you know whatever decision that was in in June of 2015 and the Bible just said what I read okay it says thou shalt not lie with mankind as with womankind it is an abomination and you open the legal pad over here it's got all these legal pages and they say that same-sex marriage is legal well wait a minute we got a disagreement here so what do we do well we trash the legal pages Throw them in the garbage because the Bible says something else. You say, Pastor Joe, you're making this so simple. In fact, you're making it too simple. No, it's not too simple. It's, it, it's just simple, that's all. It's common sense. 
All you need to do, if, if you don't understand this, and I'm not trying to be a smart aleck, I'm really not, but if you truly don't understand this, if you're college educated and don't understand this, then all you need to do is find somebody with some chickens and go and observe what happens in the barnyard. And you will find that the roosters go after the hens. I don't need to go into any detail on that. If you don't know what I'm talking about, okay? That's very simple. They don't go after the roosters. They go after the hens for a reason. Because later on, the hens will set on the eggs and little chicks will come. If they went after the roosters, there would be no little chicks. Now, I would submit that a lot of what's going on today is part of Satan's attempt to exterminate humanity. I, I wouldn't be surprised, actually. Say, so well, you've made it really simple. It's because it, it... No, I haven't made it simple. It is simple. Okay? Now, God finishes this chapter by, by laying out a whole list of other ordinances that he had that was specific to Israel and their sacrificial. So we're not going to go into those. I told you about those earlier. Let's drop down to 19. I'm going to quickly go through some things here that he says. Verse, verse 1 of chapter 19. And the Lord spake unto Moses, saying... Here again, speak all, speak unto all, all the congregation of the children of Israel, that's everybody, and say unto them, Ye shall be holy, for I, the Lord, your God, am holy. And in the rest of this chapter, what's he going to do? He's going to give us just practical everyday things to, you know, this is the way we're to live as God's people. Now, now you say, well, I'm not saved. Okay, okay, then, well, you need to get saved. You need to trust Christ as your Savior. So, you know what? I may be talking to God's people here. There's some basic things that we need to be doing as God's people because He's holy and we're to be like God, right? So, this defines you. If you live like this, then guess what? You're, you're going to be noted as one who's like God. Ye shall fear every man his mother and his father. That's family respect. God loves the family. God has ordained the family as the basic ordinance of authority in the world. Not government, by the way. I would just say that. God created the family before he created government. Okay, mom and dad, you are responsible for raising your child. Now, I'm, I'm aware that I'm speaking to single parents here, all right? And, and you know, that's a situation you're in. And, okay, we're not addressing that today, but I will say this. If you're a single parent, may God have mercy on you and give you an extra measure of grace because, you you know, you you need it, okay? And we pray for you because it's tough out there. It's tough when you got a mom and a dad trying to raise kids. We raise two. I know what I'm talking about. Okay? My son and daughter-in-law are, you know, raising two children now, a boy and a girl. And so, but it is their job. It's not the school's job to raise your kids. It's your job, okay? And, and keep, well, okay, now he mentions the Sabbath. Of course, that is, of course, uh, unique to Israel, not us, okay? Um, he cautions against turning to idols, verse 4. Uh, we're, you know, we're, we're, we, we are to serve God and, and love him. Uh, and of course he talks about 
Uh, I'm just going to skip through some of these because some of these apply to our day, some do not. Um, he, he mentions idolatry, and of course, you know, we have idols today, as we said before. Um, drop down to, let's drop down to another verse here that kind of, okay. Um, okay, this is an interesting law. Back in Israel, in Moses' time, uh, there were rich people and there were poor people, just like we have today. And so God made an ordinance for those who own farms to go by and this they were supposed to do because they loved the Lord and because they wanted to be like God they wanted to be holy so look at what he says in verse 10 he says thou shalt not glean glean thy vineyard neither shalt thou gather every grape of thy vineyard thou shalt leave them for the poor and stranger I am the Lord I'm, I'm the Lord your God. Okay, so if you had a vineyard back in that day, and you grew grapes, and you went to harvest your crop, nothing wrong with that. But what you were supposed to do, if you were, you know, harvesting your crop and you dropped some, or it, you were not to glean the leading edges of your field, if you will, you, you were to leave that for the poor. God provides for the poor. Now, what God did not say here. He didn't say you are to bring the food to the poor. The poor had to go get it. The poor had to work to get the food, but you would have leave it for them. You weren't supposed to bring it to the doorstep. Now here again, I'm going to get on this again because this goes back to mom and dad taking care of their children, not the school system. It is mom and dad's responsibility to raise and care for their children. Back during COVID, when the schools were closed here in Virginia, and they, and they were closed in a lot of other states as well, Every morning I sat on my front porch and I watched, and, well, well, I say watched, I'm totally blind, but I watch things in my way, okay? Don't doubt me on that, I do. There was a school bus that stopped outside every morning in front of the, the gravel road where the kids would go down to get on the bus. You say, why was the bus there, Pastor Joe? Because school wasn't in session. The bus was there, or a, a vehicle was there, to bring food to the children, and the children would come down to the end of the road, get the food, bring it back to their house. In other words, the school system was providing food. My tax dollars. And it was probably happening in your community as well. Okay, somewhere in society we've gotten the wrong idea. The school system is not supposed to be raising and caring for our children. That's mom and dad's job. You say, how can you say that? I can say that because I did it. On a very low salary, by the way. I worked in a Christian school the whole time my kids were in school. And I'm going to tell you something. Christian school teachers do not make a lot of money. But we sacrificed. We pinched pennies. We did without. And you know what? Our children had meals every day. Now, I'm not saying you shouldn't have a school lunch program. I'm not saying that at all. We bought lunches for our kids every day. If they wanted it or if they want, okay, she either packed, my wife either packed their lunch or they bought one of the two. In other words, we took care of it. That's what I'm trying to say. You say, Joe, why are you on this this morning? Because society is messed up. And you know why society's messed up? It's because they're not going, 
back to the compass illustration they're not going true north okay you, you you look at the compass dial and the needle is way over there and we're going way over in this direction that's what I'm trying to say this morning uh, verse 11 talks about not stealing if you're one of God's people you shouldn't be stealing uh, swearing there's a New Testament verse that applies to both of these Ephesians 4 28 and 29 we're not to let corrupt communication come out of our mouth. If you're one of God's people, you ought to talk like God's people, not like the world. Uh, now, I'm not saying that believers don't have that problem, but, you know, God the Holy Spirit gets on us and we need to stop it. Case in point, the Apostle Peter, one of God's people, well, he got mad when they kept asking him, are you with Jesus? Are you one of his disciples? And he told him twice. He, he, he denied twice. Well, the third time, he said, fine, I'll show you who I belong to or you know who he thought he belonged to. And he started cussing like a sailor or in his case, a fisherman again. So yeah, Christians do do that sometimes and they shouldn't. But, you know, and of course he dealt with his sin. All right. Um, this one is interesting. Don't defraud your neighbor. Don't cheat your neighbor. If you got a business, live right, do right by your neighbor. Verse 14, I like this one. Thou shalt not curse the deaf, nor put a stumbling block before the blind, but shalt fear thy God. I am the Lord. I like that verse. Uh, for obvious reasons. And so you can read the rest of this, but these are just some things that God says we're to do if we want to be like him and if we're saved if we are in the family of God guess what we want to be like him and by the way none of these things will get you to heaven your works will not get you to heaven we've talked about that over and over on this podcast finally I want to close in chapter 20 and I'm not going to go into read all of chapter 20 okay chapter 20 is basically and I'll let you read it but basically chapter 20 is basically a rehash of chapter 18 with one exception it gives the consequences to these sins that we talked about, these moral sins. God takes these sins so seriously that he prescribed the death penalty in Israel for these sins. What am I trying to say? I'm trying to say that this stuff is serious business with God. Okay, Joe, can you bring this in for a landing? You've been going on for a while. I can. Actually, I can. Okay. I'm going to do that right now. All right, so let's talk about our lives for just a minute, okay? Let's talk about our lives. Let's look at this compass again. So I'm going to turn slightly in my chair to the right. And I'm going to look at my compass here, my tactical compass. And I'm going to let it magnetize for a minute. I'm going to open it, and the dial is going to be steady. And it's going to tell me that I am facing about 30 degrees now wait a minute I want to go north my needle is 30 degrees to the left I want to go north I'm 30 degrees off when I started the podcast I did this the first time my needle was just to the right I mean it was so close if you didn't pay attention you it you know you're true north but actually I wasn't true north what am I trying to say I'm trying to say that every one of us 
there is a direction that humanity should go in, but we don't because of our sin. God and His ways are true north. Now, some of us are 30 degrees to the right. Some of us are 15 degrees to the right. Some of us are 180. You're going <laughs> totally opposite of what God's. I mean, you just your life is so messed up. You're 180 degrees. I mean, you're just moving way away. Okay, but then some of us are. I mean, it's so close. Oh, it's just a smattering. It's just a smidget. But your needle is still not true north. In other words, you're not perfect. What does that mean? Well, the Bible says, not Joe, the Bible says in Romans 3, there is none righteous, no, not one. Wait a minute. What about my pastor? What about my clergyman? What about this? What about my grandma? No, there is none righteous, and for emphasis, he says, no, not one. Are you mean to tell me out of all the 8 billion people in the world, there's none righteous? That's exactly what the Bible says. Why is that the case, Pastor Joe? Because it's very simple. Adam, in Genesis 3, sinned by disobeying God. Eve gave him of the fruit, and he ate it. Therefore, by that act alone of disobedience, he disobeyed God. And what it did, it threw the whole human race into sin. And Romans tells us in Romans 5 that, well, uh, all right, I'll read it to you. L let me just read this to you, okay? Because of that one decision that Adam made to sin, Romans 5.12 is the problem that we face today. Let me read it to you. Here's what it says. Wherefore, as by one man, talking about Adam, the context of that chapter, if you read it. Wherefore, as by one man, sin entered into the world, and death by sin, and so death passed upon all men, for that all have sinned. What does that mean? It simply means this. Because of the sin nature of Adam, the rest of us have that nature. I was born a sinner. Why? Because my dad was a sinner, because his dad was a sinner, because his dad was a sinner, because his dad was a sinner, was a sinner all the way back to Adam. David says in Psalm 51, In sin did my mother conceive me. There's a penalty that man has to pay for his sin. Separation from God. But there is relief. Jesus loved the world. God loved the world. He sent his son Jesus to die. And Jesus obeyed. He died for you and me. And he rose again the third day. He's alive today. And he wants to forgive you of your sin. And if you'll come to him and ask forgiveness... If you'll turn from your sin, turn to Christ and ask Him to forgive you, guess what? He'll do it. That's the good news. Your debt's been paid. You don't have to pay the price of sin. You can go free. You can go free. You say, wait a minute now, Pastor. You you, you said that children are, are, are born in sin. What about my baby boy, my baby girl that died as a baby? I, I'm, I'm dealing with that right now. I've been dealing with it every day for the past 48 years. My sister died as a baby. The Bible talks about that. There is an age. I don't know what that age is. It, the Bible doesn't say specifically. It's Most people say it's 12. It's not 12. I think it's related to how much light you have, how much knowledge you have of you know your sinful condition in God and, and whatever the case may be. 
But when babies die, David's child died. He was seven days old back in 2 Samuel 12. Never mind the circumstances. That's beside the point. The point is there was a baby boy that was born to David and he died. He was seven days old. What did David say? David said, I can't go to him. Or, or no, he can't come back to me, but I will go to him. Now, where do saved people go when they die? David was a saved man. Now, he messed up, but he sought God's forgiveness. He was a saved man. Where do saved people go when they die? They go to heaven. So when David says, he can't come to me, but I will go to him, where's that baby? That baby's in heaven. My baby sister died when I was seven years old. I'm confident she's with the Lord because she did not have the cognizant ability to understand her sinful condition and to choose Christ or to reject Christ for that matter. And the Gospels are filled with statements by Jesus about how he cares for the children. He wants the children to come to him. So I think the evidence in the Bible is, you know, it leans toward children not at the age where they can make a cognizant decision. They go to be with the Lord. I hope that's a comfort to you. It is to me. You know, I did not grow up with my baby sister. I miss her every day. I think about her regularly. And uh, because she's a part of my life. I'm not going to just neglect her because she died and that was the end of it. it. It's not the end of it. She's a person. She was born. And she died. And we love her. And so on and on. But the issue is you listening to this podcast today. Where will you go when you die? Will you go to be with the Lord? You can go to be with Him. Are you willing to admit to God that you're a sinner? Are you willing to say, God, you know what? The Bible's right. I do sin. I have sinned. I do sin. But I believe Jesus died for me. Yeah, He died for the world, but He died for me personally. Will you call upon Him? Right now, listening to this podcast, you can call on Jesus to save you. You can call out to Him. Lord, I am asking you to save me because I've sinned. I agree with you that my sin is the obstacle. Will you forgive me? Thank you for dying for me. Thank you for being raised from the dead, alive today, that you can come into my heart and save me. Would you do that? And you know what, folks? He will do that. I promise you. He says, on the, the Bible says, not Joe, the Bible says, John 6, He that cometh to me I will in no wise cast out. That's what the Bible says. Trust him today. Father, in Jesus' name, I pray for those that are listening today. Help us to find that true north. There is a true north, and that north is you. And we have strayed so much from that, Lord. Help us to get back on track. Help those that need to be saved that are listening to turn to you. Help believers that they've been saved a while, but they've gotten away from you. That needle has moved over a little bit. Help them to get back right with you. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Guys, I want to thank you for listening to the podcast. I really mean it with all my heart. And and listen, don't forget to subscribe, okay? You get the link on Facebook, and I put that out for people that don't know they need to subscribe. If you've got a device, an iPhone or whatever, and, okay, if you don't subscribe to the podcast, you won't get new ones every day when I send them up, okay? If you subscribe 
then every time I upload another one, guess what? You'll get it. <laughs> okay, so do that, okay? All right, God bless you, and I will talk to you, I hope, tomorrow. I want to do this daily. It don't always work out that way, but, you know, we'll be talking more this week, okay? And, by the way, I am going to put up a bonus podcast either today or tomorrow that I think you'll enjoy. I taught a lesson about a month ago. I didn't put it on Apple, and I want to put it on Apple. Do people in heaven know what's going on down here on the earth? It's it's it's, it's really fascinating. So uh, you'll you'll hear references to last month, but but I I, I want to upload it because I think it's important. Okay, and it might be of help to some of you. All right, I'm through talking, and you're probably saying I'm glad. <laughs> okay, God bless you. Talk to you later.